Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Um, truth? Sometimes it's yes. 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 I mean, we won 10 games this year. I've won 60% of my games in six years, third winningest coach in Vikings history, and I have to listen to this crap. First of all, like I said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this, I love these players, this organization. uh, You know, the owners have been outstanding to me. So uh, I believe that there will be conversations here in in the near future, and uh, whatever happens, I'm happy with it. That was Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. Welcome into Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin, in on a Friday. Hello, Courtney. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am all right. And, you know, it's freezing outside, but we've got a coach firing in town. So as You know that brings <laughs> out the best in everybody yes, on Sports does. Talk Radio whenever there's a coach firing. There's a sign in the corner that says, days since a coach firing, and I got to change it to zero today since yeah. Bruce Boudreaux got let go, which immediately got me thinking about Mike Zimmer and his future and how leading up to the game in New Orleans, everybody, including yourself and myself, had a different take on what the Vikings would do if they lost. Of course, they went to New Orleans. They did not lose. They won in very exciting fashion. And that seemed to lock a lot of things into place. That one win, that one throw from Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen and then you know finishing it off with a touchdown to Kyle Rudolph, it seemed to wash away for a week any conversation about Spielman's future, any conversation about Zimmer's future, and even left you with the feeling that they would be re-signing Kirk Cousins to a long-term contract. We've talked a lot, and Myron and I are going to get more into it later, about Cousins' future and whether they should sign him to a deal. We have not really talked since the end of the season about where Mike Zimmer stands. They hire Gary Kubiak. They hire Dom Capers. That tells us that they're not making any coaching changes that surprise us in February. Um, But with Zimmer and his long-term future, juxtaposed with the fact that they're in such trouble with the salary cap and we don't know what they're doing at quarterback and we don't know necessarily what is going to happen with Delvin Cook, I would really love to know what Mike Zimmer thinks the right direction is for this team to actually get over the hump and get to a Super Bowl when they've had their shot and they came ever so close in 2017 but do not feel like a Super Bowl contender at this moment. Did you know he's the third winningest coach in Vikings history? I just want to, I don't know if you've heard (laughs) that anywhere before, but um, that's the case. And ownership, we talked about this off air a few minutes ago. We thought about back to the New Orleans week, how different things could have been had they lost. Two days before that game, on that Friday afternoon, I'm in the air flying to New Orleans. It's 3 p.m. And we get that statement from PR backing Mike Zimmer, saying that they have every intent to keep him here for a while. Same thing with Rick Spielman. Their contracts have been synced up for quite a while now. I mean, last year it took until about March when Spielman also got an extension, but a month before that we find out at the Combine that Zimmer got an extension or his team option picked up. Um, So those two have been kind of on the same wavelength throughout most of their time together since 2014. Um, From what I understand an extension for Mike Zimmer is something that we should probably expect to happen mm-hmm. yeah. um, and very soon. 
uh, I, they dropped that news on us at the Combine last year. I would not be surprised if it comes out within the next few days, next week or so, or even again when we do meet with both of them uh, at the Combine because he did what they were, the, everything lined up. He accomplished everything that they had lined up to do, which was get in the playoffs, have your quarterback lead this team to a win, check in the boxes. Now, do you agree that it's maybe, you know, depending upon what the contract extension is, is it two years? Is it three years? Is it four? Four would be a little much. Won't that tell us how they feel? Yes, but if it's, and that's the thing, like I'm here, the numbers that I've been hearing for it have been upwards of, you know, potentially going into a two, three, four-year extension, wow. which... Okay, that would, surprises me. Yeah, it does. And um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, this is all still very new at the moment, and we haven't heard anything official yet. And this, these are all just things I've been hearing going on behind the scenes. But what I think is very clear here is that ownership is in Mike Zimmer's corner and has been in Mike Zimmer's corner for quite some time. Uh, is that the same case with Rick Spielman? I'm not so sure because we're, there's just not that much buzz about it right now. And there wasn't at this time last year either. But what would that say if Zimmer gets a contract extension and Spielman has to go into the final year of his contract and not and just kind of play it out? Like, I mean, that to me shows you that maybe ownership is just kind of being like, hey, front office, figure it out. I don't think if you're going to do this the right way, Spielman, Zimmer, Cousins, Cook, let them play this year out. Let them show you that this is actually sustainable. It's more than just one playoff win that you're looking at here. Um, But I don't think that would happen. So if they see it differently between Mike Zimmer as the head coach and the front office and what they've done, Mm -hmm. how responsible do we hold Zimmer for what happens with this roster going forward? They're going with the same coaching staff, essentially. Now, they've made changes to people's positions, and Dom Capers is here, and there's a new defensive back coach. But it's still going to be Zimmer guys as the defensive coordinators, his son Adam Zimmer and Andre Patterson. And on the offensive side, sticking with the Gary Kubiak offense. So it's status quo from this year to next year with that. We know who the quarterback is going to be, at least I think so, in 2020. It would really be shocking to see a trade of Kirk Cousins. So let's just assume he's going to be here in 2020. And they're essentially going to run it back from that perspective. Same quarterback, very similar coaching staff, same philosophy of Mike Zimmer. I would not be surprised if the offseason has a lot fewer surprises than we would like there to be. Mm -hmm. And big bangs that all the fans are looking for, free agent signings and, and players moving on and things like that. We'll probably get a lot of the same guys, a lot of restructuring. And Zimmer has always been, at least his vision, in control of how the roster is built. And this front office has done a really excellent job of building a contending team talent-wise year in and year out. Even with struggles at the quarterback position, they still found Sam Bradford to play well, Case Keenum to play well, and Kirk Cousins to be maybe what they thought he would be or what they should have thought he would be. Mm -hmm. They maybe imagined something a little better, but he is what he's always been here in Minnesota. So do we hold Zimmer responsible for the results in 2020 and beyond with the roster and which parts are strongest, which are weakest, which are problematic, and ultimately how the quarterback performs as well with those pieces, or do we separate those things? Because I've always said that they're the same thing, that it's Zimmer's vision built by the front office. So one was the uh, architect who drew it up, and the other were the the people, the construction workers, sure. who you know put it together and make it happen. Uh, I don't know. Do you look at that differently? 
Well, I think it truly depends who's making roster decisions. And, and by and large, it's been Spielman at the end of the day. I mean, he's the one who is pulling the strings there. It's his front office. It's his draft strategy. And, you know, for the most part, he and Zimmer have been aligned. Um, don't let anybody fool you. Everybody, the six people that were in that room the Saturday before the Combine in 2018, they all decided on Kirk Cousins. They all decided we're going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford. It was six people. Mike Zimmer, Kevin Stefanski, John Filippo, Rob Brzezinski, Rick Spielman, George Payton. Six people. So I know that there's always blame to be passed off. And, oh, well, Rick went and got him. Well, no, Mike Zimmer also agreed to it. They were all on the same page there. Now, are they all on the same page about wanting to extend him? I think that that's where that argument comes into play. Like, if Mike Zimmer, let's throw out a, let's throw out a scenario here where he's like, you can go ahead and trade Stephon Diggs, get me up to number two so I can go get Tua. Go throw mm-hmm. something else in there. And the front office is like, well, no, we're worried about cap space. We're trying to fix this right now. An extension lowers his number for 2020. We're able to give him a signing bonus, et cetera, et cetera, to help in the short term and it doesn't pan out that way, then that's on the front office. If Mike Zimmer, in this scenario, is pushing for them to try and go get a new quarterback, at least in in the sense of down the road, beyond 2020 and 2021. Um, but I do think that it's all going to depend on who's making those calls going forward, because they really have been in lockstep for a lot of it. And the conversation, what they're saying, what they've said before, has always mirrored that. But... I don't know. I just I don't anticipate that changing that much. I feel like there's got to be, you know, if there's such a divide, like let's say there was this divide where we're looking at the quarterback scenario that you and I have talked about of how you would potentially build yourself into a position to move on from Kirk Cousins, then if Zimmer's leading the charge on that, that's all on him. Well, and that's what I'm curious about here is if there is a difference in feeling from ownership about Zimmer versus the front office. If the ownership uh, has decided that Zimmer is their guy mm-hmm. for the next four years, if you sign him to that contract extension, you're getting through yes. at least two of those probably. Sure. You're giving him way more rope than you would if you sign him to a one-year extension, which in my mind is meaningless. The Chargers just signed Anthony Lynn to a one-year extension. That means you're on the hot seat. Yeah. Otherwise, they would buy into you for much longer. Well, it's like last year with them picking up his team option. Like, same right. type of thing. Yep. That said, we're judging you on this year. And... I think by all accounts, when you look back at what happened pre-New Orleans, that it wasn't rumors flying out there about Mike Zimmer in the Dallas job. That was not rumors. Mm. I know that there's certain people within that organization who want to say, oh, well, it's just you know hearsay, whatever. No, it wasn't. People reported that. I reported that because that is accurate, that mm-hmm. that was a legitimate possibility that Dallas, Jerry Jones would have come up here, sent the plane, and brought Mike Zimmer down there and never let him go. And Mike Zimmer probably might have wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is what it is. And in that case, you have Kevin Stefanski here as your head coach. And I think that there are several people within that organization, people I know for a fact who would have been pushing the Kevin Stefanski train mm-hmm. had they lost. But once they won that game, it was game over. That Kevin Stefanski was eventually going to find his way somewhere else, probably to Cleveland, which certainly is what happened. Um, and, and Mike Zimmer would stay. It took that playoff win to lock up an extension for Zimmer, and to lock up an extension for Kirk Cousins. I've written that, I believe that, and I think that is what we were going to see at the end of all of this. Yeah, I think so too. And what's interesting, two different things off of that. Number one is letting one game, one overtime, one coin flip, determine if you're going to keep your coach or not should sort of tell you something about where you stood with the coach to begin with. 
if that game ends up with New Orleans winning 23-20 or whatever it would have been, I mean, is he fired then? And I wrote about this before that game. If they win the game, is everything just okay now? And it seems with ownership it is. That's how that week felt. Think about the doom and gloom coming out of, you know, coming into 2020 because what the Wednesday of that week was January 1st. So you start off the year thinking, man, these people are going to get their butts kicked in New Orleans, New Orleans, and mm-hmm. Kirk's not going to be extended. You're going to be thinking about moving on from him. Zimmer could be fired. I mean, he even kind of addressed that like sentiment that no one thought they could win down there. And there's just giant dark cloud hanging over the facility in Egan. And then they go down. They win the game in euphoric fashion. I mean, it was a great win for them. And then it's like everything changed. Like, oh, Zimmer's the best. And I mean, like, it is a what have you done now for me lately league for sure, because that's how Kirk Cousins was viewed, because all of a sudden we're talking about, "Eh, I don't know, is uh, the Vikings going to be moving on from him soon? Well, to he's probably getting a contract extension here um, because of one win. And I think that that's the thing that shows you we've been walking on eggshells with this team. Zimmer has been walking on eggshells with this team this entire season. And same thing with the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Probably the same thing with Rick Spielman in the front office. I mean, there's there's never been much security in knowing that this isn't all a giant facade that could just crumble immediately well, if something if one thing goes wrong. That was my other question is do you want if your ownership those two, the front office and the coach, to be on different planes like, in terms of the way you're viewing them? Do you want one, to be locked up for four years and you say, we're good with this guy, he's our guy, and then the front office, or at least the general manager, not locked into a contract extension. What are you saying at that point? You're yeah. saying that Mike Zimmer has more sway yeah. and he has more power. So if Mike Zimmer wants to move on from Kirk Cousins, then you almost have to do that. Ownership would have to be the tiebreaker in that situation and say, sorry, we've got to go with our coach because we've already signed him to a four-year extension and we value his opinion more than you as a front office. I think you have to keep them together or move on from them together. But moving on from one and not the other has a very weird vibe when it's the coach being more powerful than the people making the roster decision. That feels very New New England-esque, even though they don't have a general manager because he's also your head coach. But it just there's certain situations where across the league you see the head coach have more power than the Mm -hmm. general manager. Oakland was one of those situations when when John Gruden got there. And that's Um, why they had to fire. Who did they fire? Reggie McKenzie. Reggie McKenzie. Staff, and then they bring in um, Mike Mayock, but. If it does pan out this way, which wouldn't surprise me, I do feel like ownership, and I mean, just the statement that they came out with, they didn't do that because there was any sort of circulation about Rick Spielman. I kind of feel like, not that Spielman was an afterthought, but he was just, you know, oh, of course you're going to throw the general manager in there. We both know their contracts are are synced up. We have to mention his name in there. But they sure. didn't put that statement out because anybody was questioning whether Rick Spielman was going to come or go. Right, He it wasn't was, even part of the conversation. No, it, it was entirely about Mike, Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. And so I think that that's why we're at this space right now where we're wondering, okay, if they're going to stay with this situation that they're in right now with the quarterback, with, with Dalvin Cook, with, with keeping things as status quo as possible, because you kind of have seen that. I mean, yes, there have been some changes to the staff and – Really more just like a game of Tetris of rearranging. Nobody's, I mean, I wrote this in a story for a day. Like, senior defensive assistant with 25 years head coaching and defensive coordinating experience. Two new defensive coordinators who are also their position coaches. Like, do not get this twisted. This is still the same defense. There's just kind of people in different roles, different Mm -hmm. voices. Like, this is still Mike Zimmer's team. He's going to make tweaks, but it's his defense. It's his defense. And it's his team. 
And, you know, Gary's the head coach of the offense. So the way that this goes is that they're trying to run this back as much as they did in 2019 with the thought that, hey, we were so many steps uh, away from making making our goals come true. So the other day, I walked out of the press conferences feeling like this is going to be very status quo offseason. Kind of feels like it's already panning out to be that way, right? There's a lot of players who could go, but this team seems to always want to find a way to keep all of their guys. Mm-hmm. Would it surprise you at all if Trey Waynes is back, they find a way to keep Harris, they restructure Everson Griffin, someone will have to go to make some cap space, but that cap space could be spent on lots of other things. Mm-hmm. They just tend to want to spend it on themselves. Like with Anthony Barr last year, they didn't have any cap space when they resigned Anthony Barr either. And they had to get Kyle Rudolph and Eric Hendricks to redo contracts, sign a contract extension in the case of Kyle Rudolph. And it feels like they're going to do that again. And that it's going to be the very much the same team, very much the same philosophy, and that they will sign Cousins to a contract extension and right there, you can almost feel when I say that, Vikings fans going, oh, right? Just not really? Is that what we're really going to get? I think that is what you're going to get, is a very status quo offseason where they draft a corner with the 25th pick or a three technique, and they sign a left guard off a of free agency to compete with Pat Alfline or something like that. It's just... If they're going to sign on to Mike Zimmer for four more years, that signs on to much more than just a coach. That signs on to an entire philosophy of how you think you're going to win. And I wonder if they even looked at San Francisco and said, yeah, they kind of look like us. We should just do that more with San Francisco getting to the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and said, oh, Zimmer was right there. And and they played half of that game close with San Francisco. We just need this and this and this, and then we're there. But that's been the conversation for a couple years now. Oh, we just needed Kirk Cousins, and then we're going to be there. But your defense didn't hold together as long as you thought it was going to, right? I mean, it's it's a game of whack-a-mole where it feels like, okay, we just got to fill this spot. Mm -hmm. But once you do, some other issue pops up. And you end up with sort of the same result. Because they've been, they haven't been able to justify blowing the whole thing up. And I understand that because a 9 and 7 team, or even like, let's go back to 2018, 8, 7 and 1 doesn't justify blowing the whole thing up. Right. Because you can come up with the excuse that it was Kirk Cousins' first year. He went through two offensive coordinators, the head coach and the first OC didn't get along. And, you know, it was just a giant mess. Had those things not happened, maybe they would have been in different position. Right. They've never been in the situation where it was so bad that things just fell by the wayside where they're like, we need to start all over, rip it down to the studs. Right. So that's why I think to certain Vikings fans and people who follow this team and care about what they're doing in the offseason, it feels like they're not doing enough because nothing's ever drastic enough. And I, and I think that's a good thing for the way that this organization is always relevant Mm-hmm. They've made yep. yeah. really good moves. I mean, they're they're not like in in catastrophic space right now with the salary cap. They will figure it out. Like they always manage to do that. They're yeah. not in a situation where it's 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 dire and they're like the lions every single year. I mean, this is a team that is routinely for the last decade plus in the playoffs. Um, you might have a year or two where you're not, but they are always in the top fifteen. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. So. I understand why fans would be frustrated when they look at this and and I also kind of get it from, you know, from just what we've been told about, you know, what the view was on Kevin Stefanski and that maybe 
maybe six years had run its course because six years is kind of an eternity for a oh, head sure, coach yeah. in, in, in a lot of respects in any league, but particularly in the NFL when we are seeing such an offensive explosion mm-hmm. among head coaches where someone like Kevin Stefanski might have been where you wanted to shift the direction and turn it over that way when you have a quarterback who you built literally everything around yeah. that had you kept Stefanski... You know, you already saw the identity of this team change. For the first time under Mike Zimmer in 2019, it did. It became an offensive team because defense regressed. And maybe people, when you look at, you know, kind of the conversation around, you know, the head coach and, you know, how much longer he has and what his leash is, that at that time, it might not have been the worst thing. In, in the eyes of some people, to turn it over to Kevin Stefanski yeah. to try yeah. to keep up with the rest of the league. I think that's honestly where that conversation was going. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the the problem with that, though, is you still feel like with this quarterback that they've gotten the most out of him they could possibly get last year. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a top defense, then you're probably not going deep in the playoffs with him if you don't have a number one or number two ranked defense. Because even having number five wasn't good enough to go to San Francisco and stop their running game or stop Jimmy Garoppolo or even in the second half of the New Orleans game where Drew Brees was throwing it all over the place and they came back and tied the game on you even despite a really good defensive performance a lot of times with defense in the NFL it's just not enough and the last four years we've seen all the teams who went into the Super Bowl top five in scoring and and that tells you something I think then even when Denver wins the Super Bowl in 2015 they're playing against the number one team in scoring that offense has usually in NFL history dominated but I think even more now than ever it has so there would be a, a good case there if you were people inside the organization that said oh Stefanski was really good and we would have liked to keep him and move forward with him as opposed to a defensive coach. Um, but I think it ultimately, whether it's, you know, Zimmer being a good coach or an average coach or whatever, you look at the front office and say, well, they could have done this or they could have done that. What it always comes back to is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if I were the owner of the team, I think I would want to go to the front office and the coach who I both believe are very good. And can get me where I need to go and ask them, what are we doing with Kirk Cousins? And depending on their opinions, that would make my decision for how long I wanted to stay with them. I also think, just because I wanted to step back on something about Kevin Stefanski, you never want to let a good thing go out the door. And somebody who's just on the up and up. Yeah. And because this ownership group took over a team that had Mike Tomlin on it for one year. And look where he's at now. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that there might be a little bit of PTSD almost from something like that, that you don't want to let good coaches go. So you see you have a good thing, Kevin Stefanski. You're kind of put in a bind here, though, because it's like, what do you do? Had they they won the game in New Orleans? Do you say, Kevin, head coach in waiting, just give us another year or two when Stefanski knows that he can go take over his own team right now, which he did? Like They were put in a really tough position because had they not won that game, it becomes easy. But because they won, mm-hmm. they were in a bind. And I just feel like there were a lot of people who looked at Kevin Stefanski as the next like pick picking things up after these six years yes. that, you know, had Mike Zimmer almost I think they wanted to kind of Minnesota nice this whole thing, be like, <laughs> Mike, just go to Dallas, it's fine. Like had that that would have been like a perfect scenario where no feelings had yeah. to be hurt, where you yeah. didn't have to fire anybody. Yeah. Um you know, even after a win. Because it would have like, looked bad. Even it would have looked bad. The because the Titans did that two years ago. Yes. And, you know, 
he's the third winningest coach, as we heard at the top of the uh, hour, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we will continue to hear. He is the third winningest coach in, in franchise history. It'd be kind of a a weird look to fire him. You know what I mean? And and he's done really, really good things here. He's a great leader. Um, he's, you know, gotten the franchise to where it's at in yep. consistent position uh, as one of the top 15 teams in the NFL. Like, I think that that's a fair place to put them because even when they've been seven and nine or eight and eight or, you know, eight, seven and one, they've still been in the mix throughout most of each regular yes. season. Yes. Even their bad seasons, even their were bad still seasons are seasons. Yep. not catastrophes and something horrible usually has to go wrong like all the offensive linemen getting hurt in 2016 and a bunch of other things in order for them to miss the playoffs or melting down week 17 with kirk at u.s bank stadium so you're usually right there in the mix all the way to the end and that might be the way some people look at it is that there's just a cap on what mike zimmer can do for you i look at it a different way as there's a cap in what the quarterback can do for you and if I were asking the front office and the coach, all right, give me your separate opinions in two different rooms, just like when they're interrogating somebody, you know, so they can't get their story straight. All right, Mike, tell me, are you okay with moving on to a different quarterback than the one you have now rather than paying him $35 million a year? All right, front office, you tell me. And if the front office tells me that they're not okay with moving on beyond Kirk, then oh, I'm good. Then I know what I need to do. I need to sign Zimmer, mm-hmm. keep him here, and then move on from the front office for somebody who's going to be interested in trying to upgrade the position. I don't understand why there's one position in sports that people just settle for being okay at and not great, and it's quarterback, because they're afraid of what could happen. I, I wouldn't want to have my front office feeling afraid that it could go sideways if they draft someone else. If they trade up for two and it goes bust... I would have to, as an ownership, say I support that because I think it's the right way to go. Even if it blows up in your face, I know you're a front off, a good front office who could build a great roster. Except for what can you do with the quarterback? Mm-hmm. They've run into a lot of tough situations with the quarterback since Rick Spielman has been the general manager. Ponder goes bust, and then you have you know obviously the Teddy injury and so forth since then. But if if I'm the owner, I want to be able to trust the direction that we're going to go with it. Because you don't know how it's going to blow up in your face. The Teddy thing looks great until it doesn't because his knee falls apart all of a sudden for no particular reason on one day. That's not Rick Spielman's fault. And then he went out and did a good job of finding other people who can win games as quarterbacks. You're not the Cleveland Browns who have had no one as good as Kirk Cousins or Sam Bradford for 25 years, right? Yeah. So so they've, they've done a good job from that perspective. But if you're not afraid to move on from this, then I can trust you to where we're going. But if you demand that we have to stay the same direction at quarterback, I want somebody else who's going to be able to take that risk. And I also, with that said... The, front, the ownership, I mean, they can throw money all they want. The salary cap is the salary cap. Yep. Like, front office is going to do all that they can to try to fix this mess that they got themselves into with the with the contract that really hurt the team. Yep. Like, if you're looking at Kirk, and, and this is a conversation for another time, but just quickly, if you're looking at what a potential contract for Kirk Cousins would be an extension, like, it's not going to be, this, it could very easily be another fully guaranteed deal. In fact, I expect it would be because you set a precedent, you're probably going to follow that same thing. Yep. But the way that that will work, it's not going to come in a situation where it's going to hurt the the health of this team, of what you can right. do to handicap you, to tie your hand behind your back. And I think even he and his team, his his people, realize that. And you can't fault the front office, though, you know, for, for it, it, let's say that scenario comes back up where it's like, 
Zimmer wants one thing with the quarterback. Front office wants another thing. Well, the front office is probably trying to do what's best for the other 52 guys on the roster to be able Mm -hmm. to keep that entire group together, to be able to help the salary cap situation, to be able to not be in a situation where you can't be active and and be competitive to get good players here. Right. I would imagine if you had Zimmer in a room alone just giving his opinion, he would probably tell you, yeah, there are other quarterbacks who we could probably get for mm-hmm. this system, for Gary Kubiak, who's made mediocre quarterbacks into good and good quarterbacks into great for his entire career. Why can't he do that with somebody else? I think Mike would look at it that way. And plus, there are other guys who can move, who can make plays, who have histories of winning that might be available, including even college quarterbacks who have histories of winning. But if the front office is dead set on we have to keep this quarterback, then I... <laughs> I can't go forward with them if they're not along with Mike Zimmer. I think Zimmer always looks at it as, I just want the best player at every position. And if they're willing to just say, well, you know, we'll take the 14th best player at this position and see what we can do around it, even though we won't have a lot of money to spend around it, I don't think that's the right philosophy to go forward with. Someone who's shown you who they are over five years as a starting quarterback, and if you're not willing to even draft someone in the second round to put behind Kirk to see if that could be your guy, and, and you're just saying, nope, we're signing him, he's our guy, we decided on him in 2018, and we're set there, then I would want different people making the decisions. Uh, let's take a break. We come back. We've got some hot routes to go through, including poems. That is right. There will be poems on the radio when you It's Valentine's Day. It is. Yes, it is. We'll be right back. You listen to Purple Daily on Score North.